You know what is underrated today? Earned and learned wisdom. And that's how we're going to frame up episode 64. I like to take a look at what's popular, what people are enjoying, uh, characters that stay with you for not just when you're enjoying them on the screen, whether it's large or small, uh, whether it's in the pages of a book, but that stay with you for, for a long time thereafter. And especially in popular culture that kind of echoes uh, more classical literature and whatnot, because I think that there's so much found in the development of character and how character affects story. and. That is how I want to frame up episode 64 with Ursula Ringham today because she tells a tremendous story. But we're going to take a look at really a story. Uh, it's almost a comeback story, if you will. Out of the workforce for a while, uh, needs to get back into the workforce and make some tremendous strides and indeed injects innovation into what otherwise would be a very large and difficult environment to inject such innovation. So it's compelling, but I was reminded towards the uh, end of editing the episode, the original episode that appeared last week with Ursula, that, um, you know, it, 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 if it would make a good show, it would make a really good entertaining episode of a series that you would like. And it reminded me in a way of the Mad Men character Peggy Olson. And now one caveat, the period piece of Mad Men, if you watch that series, was set against the backdrop of uh, the 60s and a lot of civil rights activity, a lot of, um, you know, sexism and whatnot. So you have to, I want to be cautious with how I, I juxtapose the two, but the character of Peggy Olsen in that show, you know, putting all those other issues aside, is, you, I mean, if you watch the show, you knew early on that she was uh, going to be a strong character. She had a lot to say. She was going to impact the storyline quite a bit. And there's an early episode that I want to play for you here. She is a secretary. The advertising agency that she's working with needs input from women on lipstick. So they put them in a room against uh, one-way glass, and they watch them try on this lipstick. And at the end, the ad exec who is in charge of the account comes in to uh, collect the tissues that the women were blotting their lips upon to see how many shades of lipstick that they uh, tried, and he has this very brief exchange with very young, very new to the workforce, Peggy Olson. Well, now we have to uh, count the shades they tried. Can you bring me those tissues, dear? Here's your basket of kisses. Basket of kisses. That's cute. Who told you that? What do you mean? Where'd you hear that? I just thought of it. Isn't that what it is? It is, sweetheart. <laughs> Which color did you like? I didn't get the one I liked. Someone took my color. Why didn't you choose another one? I'm very particular. As opposed to the other girls? I don't know. I don't think anyone wants to be one of a hundred colors in a box. Now this is the, the first glimmer of Peggy's creative brilliance. And why, again, let's set aside the, the impact, the cultural references and the impact of the period at the time and the sexism that was going on. So that, that's not the, the takeaway here. But the, the evolution of the character is such that she's got creative brilliance, okay? She comes to start to know it rather quickly and then has to learn to apply it. And there's incredible episodes of her 
managing the infrastructure and the reality of the place that she works in to advance not just her career, but more importantly, the way that she learns, applying that learn, uh, those learnings, if you will, to how she does her job and how she chooses to advance, again, not just her own career, but her own personal development and her and, and the objectives of the, of the advertising agency really is intelligent, smart character development. But the thing that reminded me of this was the way that Ursula, in my chatting with her, discussed earned and learned wisdom, right? And there is much, listen, there's much written about millennials. They're greatly maligned about their narcissistic approach to how they go about things. But I think that misses the point. I don't think that the generational divide has nearly as much to do as the technological landscape that has evolved over time. And I think the speed with which technology is delivered and consumed, unfortunately, has the side effect of, 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 of missing earned and learned wisdom. I mean, what is wisdom after all, right? It's the accumulation of experience over time. That's where the phrase wise beyond their years comes from because implicit in wisdom is the development of more knowledge and experience over time okay so i don't think that millennials are walking around you know naysaying others or wanting more than they you know expecting more but i do think that they missed the opportunity to learn from someone like ursula ringham because what she's done in the second part of her career is to naturally leverage media for how it ought to be used, and she's done so in a very large organization of SAP. But listen to how she starts making that case by e examining the hierarchy in which she has to work. She states quite clearly, I respect the hierarchy, but I am not afraid of it. Um, I think when I came into the company at SAP, I was someone that I would go to our SVP and say, hey, I've got this great idea. And everyone's like, wait, you know, that's the SVP. I'm like, well, yeah, I've got a great idea that's going to help him and make him look good. And, and mind you, I would make sure that my direct, you know, people I report to knew I was going to do this. But you have to take a chance. And I think that sometimes your stakeholders are impressed when you bring a great idea to them. And mind you, as I stated before, I do all the research ahead of time. So I'm not just presenting some floozy idea. It's got a backing. It's got a call to action. It's trying to relate to pipeline or, you know, in my case, it's more building awareness. And at the time, like how many views we can get on this blog or this video. But um, I think that that is something that a lot of people have fear with. And sometimes I think women are like that um, in general. Two things that I love about that opening from, from Ursula is be fearless, but address that fear through research, through education, through preparation. And if those two things come together, then you're going to provide an opportunity to advance, not again, not just your goals, right? But advance the objectives of those that you're working for or with in the organization and indeed the organization on the whole. But what is the key here? And you have to, you know, you have to earn trust and respect. The trust and respect is earned, right? Listen, catch that, right? The hierarchy is daunting, perhaps. Now, look, this this is pertinent for leaders as well as those seeking to lead or seeking to serve leaders better, okay, because they have a desire to lead eventually, right, that the hierarchy can be intimidating. Now, leaders need to know this quite clearly to remove the level of intimidation as best they can so that those in their teams have the opportunity when well-prepared to present their ideas, see? Now, if you're on the other end of that equation, 
It's a matter of preparation and understanding how and why the hierarchy exists. Now, this is not to suggest that the hierarchy won't be daunting sometimes, indeed, that it will. But it is to challenge you a little bit to understand the purpose for the hierarchy. Now, of course, you're going to run into those instances sometimes where it just seems as if the hierarchy uh, is an impediment. But again, through preparation and I, the idea of earning the respect of those that are across that hierarchy should drive you to the right place. Now, if you think this is too much of a tall task, listen keenly now to how Ursula found herself back in the workforce after a five-year absence. You know, I did work at these big companies, um, Apple and, and Adobe, but I did take time off and I was at home. And so my story is interesting in that I had to kind of reinvent myself so think about that, out of the workforce for five years, working at one of the largest software firms in the world. If you listen to the whole episode, you'll hear how she was literally writing uh, customer success stories when someone realized that her talent went far beyond just simply copywriting for customer success stories, right? But the, the, the challenge in that case, I mean, think about that, okay? So think about you right now, you're listening to this, maybe you lead a team and now you're getting ready to make a life change or something like that. Maybe there's an illness or maybe... You decide to stay at home and raise your child for, for uh, you know, the younger years before they head into school, right? But you're afraid of what it's going to look like to go back into the workforce. That's why I love Ursula's story so much because it is clearly illustrative of the things we need to do in that extreme case. But the beauty of this is the most of us aren't going to face that sort of extreme. So what and how does she make quick work of this? And another great example here, because I think it's applicable to just about every area of our individual work and how it impacts who we serve ultimately. You kind of just have to make your inroads. You have to network and you have to really understand the DNA of the organization you're in and the stakeholders. And the stakeholders. Understand the lay of the land, but understand what's in it for the stakeholders. She goes even further to talk about the stakeholders themselves and what she's looking to do for them. And so what you have to do in that situation is I had to research everything about the network of my stakeholders, making them shine. Earned and learned wisdom, right? So unless and until. In this particular case, Ursula was prepared to not just manage and reach out to her network and a couple of steps beyond her network, but then doing the same thing for those within the organization that she served, okay? And and the goal to make them shine, as she says there. I love that, right? In other words, and listen, marketing, in my opinion, is a job that is one of the most service-oriented in any organization. Now, there's facets of it that are um, beyond just the pure service element of it. But ultimately, marketing's job is to serve sales and make sales be able to do what they do better. And in this case, and what she's doing here, she has oriented that discovery process, that development, that management of the network towards one thing, is making her stakeholders shine. Ah, now we get to the key component here. And look where we've been. You know, we've been from a place where uh, woman Ursula Ringham is out of the high-tech workforce for five years, which is an eternity. Think about 2010 and 2015 or 2005 to 2010. I mean, think about 2005 to 2010 alone. I mean, pre-iPhone and iPad post, right? I mean, that's how dramatic the tech had changed in that short amount of time. So if you're in that industry and you've taken a sabbatical or leave of absence or you've been out of the workforce for that many years, she comes into that place and immediately starts to make impact. How does she do that? By understanding not just her own network, but the network of those that she serves with 
with one goal in mind and making them shine, right? And the last component here, I think you're really going to value, and I think it is perhaps the most important factor of appreciating more deeply earned and learned wisdom. And so I'm out there freely available. Hey, I will help you. I'll show you how to get started. And they're like, wow, why do you want to do that? And I'm not looking at it as self-serving. I'm looking at it as like, this is what the company needs to do. It's fun. It's innovative. This is what the company needs to do. This, this learning, innovating, getting better, applying it, applying it for purpose, applying it for immediate impact, applying it for the success that we are all supposedly signed up to deliver together. There is wisdom to be found in every area of the organization in which you work. There's wisdom to be found in disciplines that you quite don't understand today. And typically and frequently that wisdom is found with those that have been there and done that before you. Or, and this is the challenge for many of us, those that you wouldn't even fathom today would have the input or the value that you believe that you need to advance your job and your efforts. So that's really the beauty of the journey that Ursula shared with us on episode 64 of Leading Matters. And this, as we frame it up, is exactly how and why I do the show. Because these are the ways that we learn to appreciate things more deeply, like earned and learned wisdom. So where did Peggy Olson end up after all? Ultimately preparing one last pitch in front of her mentor to demonstrate the value of all the earned and learned wisdom that she gained by working with him. Every great ad tells a story. Here to tell that story is Peggy Olson. What if there was another table where everybody gets what they want when they want it? It's bright and clean and there's no laundry, no telephone and no TV. And we can have the connection that we're hungry for. There may be chaos. Well, but there's family supper at Burger Chef. That's beautiful. That's nice to hear, because that's the name of this spot. 